0: The Sex and Spirituality Podcast is a show where we have real deep conversations about everything from love, sexuality, trauma, metaphysics, and healing. I am your host, Lauren Coletti, a feminist poet and grad student studying forensic psychology with a study on sexual health. As a domestic violence and sexual abuse survivor, I hope these vulnerable conversations inspire you to take an introspective look at yourself to help better your life and the people around you thanks for listening. Hello, my beautiful friends. Welcome to Sex and Spirituality. I'm your host, Lauren Coletti. Every time I do an intro to this podcast, I'm always so tempted to call it Sex and Psychology because that was the OG start of it all. And I actually have a new title coming for y'all pretty soon. So stay tuned for that. How is everyone doing? We'll probably release this on a weekend day right now. It's Thursday, May 13th, and May 13th is a day that is super sentimental and close to my heart because it is actually, today marks the 11th year anniversary of my father's death. Um, So it's a bittersweet time because as someone that is very spiritual and intuitive and clairvoyant even, um, I know my father is still with me. And one of my coaches actually told me, every time we think of a loved one that has passed on and transitioned, it means that they are with us. Even though my father is deceased and I can't physically see him in this 3D world, I can feel him, I can hear him, I can sense him, and I can't wait to see him again. So just in remembrance of my father, I love you, I miss you, and we will meet again. But for today's episode, I wanted to talk about living loving and thriving with bipolar disorder and as someone that is diagnosed with bipolar disorder how do we do relationships differently than the lay person someone that might not have a mental health disorder and how to cope with living with bipolar disorder and not just cope and live and survive but fucking thrive um, because as someone that's been diagnosed with bipolar disorder, it's a pretty like dramatic and steep diagnosis and prognosis. I've had mental health professionals and doctors tell me I would be reliant on medication for the rest of my life. I would always just be managing and dealing with my bipolar disorder. It could never go away. I could never cure it. It can't be healed. I'd have to be on medicine for the rest of my life. I'd be in and out of the mental hospital. And it was just kind of grim and not super happy. So I want to get those myths and misconceptions out of the way. And I actually am going to pull up my Instagram right now because I'm following an account that I love as someone with bipolar disorder that I found their posts just super relatable and true and I really love it and I hope that you will all follow me on instagram at sex and spirituality pod and as I'm pulling it up um, it's mental health awareness month and I think it's so important to talk about someone um, from a personal experience and from also a clinical experience my um, view and my perspective on bipolar disorder. So, the Instagram account is Reality Bipolar Disorder. That is Reality Bipolar Disorder. I will link it in the show notes below. Found it super helpful. There's a supportive community and check it out. So, what is bipolar disorder? I do not experience manic episodes, I do not experience mania. And bipolar disorder is a term that's thrown around way too often. It's overused way too much. If someone's moody, oh, they must be bipolar. And I am guilty of this. I live on Long Island, New York, and the weather is always up and down, opposite ends of the spectrum, day and night. So I always say, oh, the weather here is so bipolar. But I feel as someone that actually has bipolar, I'm allowed to say it because, you know, I have bipolar disorder. But if you don't, just be a little careful and sensitive to the terms we use because language is extremely important. So I have bipolar two disorder, and bipolar two disorder, often less discussed and less talked about, involves periods of depression and periods of elevated mood called hypomania. This is like mania but less extreme. In all forms of bipolar disorder involve shifts in moods, levels of energy and activity. Bipolar two disorder causes hypomania. This is a period in which mood and behavior are elevated beyond what most people experience. And in a state of hypomania, a person could feel elevated, energized, even irritable. And bipolar 1 causes more severe moods than someone that experiences hypomania. Um, And bipolar 2 disorder was actually, it doesn't mean that it should be taken less seriously. Um, but it was created in 1994, introduced into the psychiatric community to help doctors treat the condition more effectively, right? Because we're all individual. Um, so just know the distinction between type one and type two. Um, some people argue it's more realistic to see bipolar as a spectrum. And the difference, really, um, before I get into like how to cope in relationships, I really just want to for the general person, just educate on this information. So from my understanding, um, bipolar one, a person will have at least one manic episode with or without an episode of depression. And a manic episode could involve psychosis, which includes hallucinations or delusions. Um, and generally mania could be really, um, dangerous and a person might even require hospitalization. In bipolar 2, a person will have at least one depressive episode. So the distinction is the depressive episode with at least one episode of hypomania, which might not involve psychosis. But for bipolar 2, depression is often the dominant mood. So according to some researchers, people with bipolar two are likely to have depression more than 50% of the time, while people with bipolar one, uh, depression is less prevalent. So bipolar two, characterized by hypomania and depressive episodes. I find myself to be depressed a majority of the time. However, you know, the severity and the duration of the episodes and symptoms can range widely from person to person. So in a hypomanic episode, you can be more irritable, faster thoughts, get distracted more easily, engage in risky behavior. For me personally, this has been spending a lot of money, Um, even having more energy, feeling more creative, sexually active, drinking more alcohol or doing drugs. And a person with hypomania might feel good and mania could even seem appealing sometimes because it's like, why would I not want to feel all energized and confident rather than feeling suicidal? But you might notice your behavior is unusual. And after that, feeling good, there is a risk of a depressive episode to follow. So, afterwards, you could be feeling empty, hopeless, low motivation, sleeping too much or too little, your energy levels are shot, you can't focus, you feel worthless, Um, your weight changes, and you could have suicidal ideation. Um, And these symptoms tend to appear early in adulthood, but The disorder can develop in teens and adolescents, and this is where I found it um, creeping up, honestly. I think this is when it was triggered for me. So what causes bipolar disorder? Well, obviously genetics play a role, um, neurobiology, physiology and anatomy, and certainly environmental factors. And bipolar disorder is more likely to develop in a person who has a close relative with it. I'm not sure because I was adopted, but I'm pretty sure my mother and father both had mental health issues. And with that being said, it's the nature, nurture, chicken, egg thing. Um, Stress and traumatic events can definitely trigger someone that is predispositioned to bipolar disorder. So anyone that does have bipolar disorder, please seek mental health treatment. Um, Medication may or may not help you. I don't think someone is... Um, destined to be a slave to their medication for the rest of their life. However, I am not a doctor, so please see a doctor and get help, do support groups, anything. Um, But typically, treatment for bipolar disorder is a combination of medication and psychotherapy, and I would never, ever suggest stopping your medication cold turkey, especially if you're feeling really good. It could be so tempting to stop, but this could be really dangerous. And Um, you know, everyone's different in terms of medications and combinations and dosage, and it might take time to find the right one that works for you. Your doctor might need to adjust it, but um, find a trusted loved one that would be offered to help, you know, gain insight and awareness and notice any mood changes. Um, For me personally, I've been on antidepressants. I've been on antipsychotics, mood stabilizers. Um, and right now I am on one medication that I find pretty helpful. I would like to eventually get off of it. Um, just because a lot of medications used to treat bipolar, which are also used to treat schizophrenia, um, they could cause tardive dyskinesia. They could cause epilepsy. They could cause Parkinson's disease over a long period of time, um, especially if you are on a very high dosage. And this is not something I was told by my doctor. This is actually something I was taught in a physiology class in undergrad, and I looked into it and research proved this to be true, um, which is quite scary. But the important part is that if you're not already, please get into counseling. Talking through your emotions and challenges associated with a disorder has definitely helped me um, to develop coping strategies, identify effective ways to manage stress, your triggers, and just psychoeducation too. Lifestyle changes, simple lifestyle changes can help you achieve a more stable mood and a deeper sense of well-being, obviously like exercise, diet, sleep. Journaling, self-care, meditation, um, and even supplements. You know, obviously, talk to your doctor first because I know some supplements interact, like St. John's Wort um, or 5-HTP. Um, but it is essential if you have severe symptoms to please seek professional help. Um, while supplements can help you manage uh, your symptoms and prevent recurrences, you usually. It's advised to use them alongside conventional treatment. Um, so, the condition can be lifelong, my friends, um, but you're not doomed. I know this could seem so daunting and hopeless, um, but I've found it very manageable to live with. And, um, you know, for a while I was like, what's the point if I'm gonna be struggling with this the rest of my life? I might as well give up now. And unfortunately, a lot of people with bipolar disorder do have amongst the highest rates of suicidality um, and will often try to take their own lives This is a very complex, serious condition that could affect many aspects of your life. But finding the right treatment team could make all of the difference. And it is not hopeless. You are not a hopeless cause. So how do we thrive, right? If we've been diagnosed with bipolar 1 or bipolar 2, we definitely have to find solutions and be proactive to implement the steps to live a satisfying life. So one, that involves managing our medications well, finding the right mixture cocktail for us. Two, therapy, therapy, therapy. I say this every single episode, no matter what it is essential. Also knowing yourself, what are your early warning signs? Can you keep a mood log to keep track? Are you having trouble concentrating? Are you um, skimping on your self-care? Are you not caring about your hygiene? Know your warning signs so that you could watch out for triggers to avert a potential relapse. If we pay attention to what happens before we start having problems, we can help to prevent them. And alongside of this comes with reducing our stress. Listen, go get a massage if you have to. Join a yoga studio. Um, Do what you have to do to deal with and decrease your levels of stress or anxiety, which for me, I find very triggering. Um, And this, when we're feeling stressed, we can tend to engage in risky behavior. People with bipolar two disorder, experience hypomania and depression. And during hypomania, although we might be enjoying life more than usual, we can tend to engage in risky behavior. Um, so we have to talk to our loved ones about what this might look like to get feedback, um, so that we avoid any harm to ourselves and others, um, have an emergency plan in case something goes very wrong. Um, and take care of your overall physical health, get social support, these basic things. They might seem basic and generic, but they are that way because they are the foundations. They are true. And one of the most important parts for me has been learning to navigate and seek guidance around my relationships in dealing with bipolar disorder and the shifts in mood associated with this disorder obviously can cause extreme changes in behavior. So when experiencing these episodes, it's generally like, you know, very opposite ends of the spectrum. When you're dealing with mania or hypomania, you can have unusual amounts of energy, insomnia, while on the other end, you might seem very tired and sad and not want to go out. So the major shifts in mood can make communicating and socializing, not just romantically, but as a whole, very difficult. Um, And they tend to take a toll on relationships, especially romantic ones. Right? So when you have bipolar disorder, You might already be familiar with the impact that the condition has had on your romantic relationships. And if you're dating, you might feel very nervous about starting a new relationship and finding the right time to tell your partner that you have been diagnosed, right? While these concerns are extremely understandable, it's so important to keep in mind you can have a healthy romantic relationships, right? And for the best chance of success, you have to communicate openly while following your treatment plan. So obviously disclose when you feel safe and the timing feels right and it's appropriate to do so, perhaps not on a first date, um, but tell your partner about your diagnosis. No, you are not your diagnosis. Your diagnosis, although it might be part of your identity, it does not define you. And do this before you make a long-term commitment, right? Describe to your partner what they can expect when you're experiencing a mood shift. It's also helpful to tell them what you usually do to manage your moods this way. Your partner won't be surprised when you experience, if you experience an episode, right? They could even help you get through it. Also stick with your treatment plan. This can help to reduce relationship stress, to minimize your symptoms, and reduce the severity of your moods. And talk um, to your partner about your treatment plan so they can help you keep on track. Number three, keep an open line of communication. Tell your partner when you feel a mood shift so they're not alarmed by a sudden change in your demeanor. Also be open to them um, to tell them when they notice your mood is different. Maybe you guys can have a code word. because often things are so apparent to others, but we can be oblivious to us, right? Because it seems so natural. So just be honest. If you're having an episode or struggling, don't hesitate to tell your partner and ask for help when you need it, right? Um, on the opposite end, as someone who is dating someone without a mental illness, my boyfriend, Nick, is so supportive and great. Um, And if you are dating someone who has bipolar disorder, um, this is the advice I would give to Nick. Obviously, this can be challenging, right? Because we can't control our partners if they're going through a mood shift. But to help our relationship succeed, we have to focus on communication, support, and all in all, don't forget to take care of yourself, right? If you're a caretaker to someone that has a mental illness, even if you don't have bipolar yourself, if you're dating someone, you really need to prioritize self-care. So one, educating yourself. This is the first thing you should do when you start a relationship with someone who has bipolar. You have to read about the condition, inform yourself, gain knowledge so you understand what your partner is dealing with and what you'll be dealing with. I would suggest asking your partner about their experience, ask how their mood shifts, what they could do to help. Um, It's beneficial to ask how you can be supportive to them during this time. Also, try to be patient. It can be really frustrating if our partner mood shifts interfere with our plans. Um, And when times get tough, which they most likely will, take a deep breath and remember that it's not your partner that's causing the frustration, it is their condition, right? We have so much sympathy for people that have heart disease or diabetes. Oh, you have to take your medication every night. But when it comes to mental illness, there still is a stigma and stereotype surrounding it. Um, So please take a break if you need one take it seriously um, and take time for yourself, right? Be open, communicate openly, tell them how you feel, never blame them or guilt them for their disorder, Uh, support their care. Whether it's my boyfriend goes to therapy with me once a month, couples therapy, it's really important that you help your partner stay on track without, you know, you have to set boundaries. You can't blur the lines of codependency and enabling them, but that goes along with Communication, setting healthy boundaries, and get support when you need it, right? Sometimes you might need help coping with your partner's condition and the effect that is having on your relationship. So make sure you have your own support system, right? Uh, even go to therapy. Get advice from loved ones, right? The encouragement when you need it. I'm sure your partner appreciates you more than you know. I know I appreciate my boyfriend for the empathy and the compassion and the patience he has for me because it could be a lot. So while taking these steps can benefit your relationship, bipolar disorder may still occasionally cause strain, right? Even if you both know what to expect, it's not unusual. But keep in mind that whether you have bipolar disorder or dating someone with a condition, it is possible to establish and maintain a healthy and a fulfilling relationship if you put in the effort and the time and the attention and energy. So Keys to success include maintaining an open line of communication, making sure the person with bipolar follows their treatment plan, and getting your own support when you need it, right? We can't be a martyr for someone. We should never sacrifice our own sanity for someone else's, and I say that as someone that has bipolar disorder and also as someone who has dated people with mental illness myself, so I've been on both sides of the spectrum, and... Yeah, so if you are dating someone that has bipolar and you're just listening this to educate yourself, kudos to you. That takes like so much devotion and dedication and I really commend your love and the kindness for your partner and you trying to understand them and if you are someone that has bipolar disorder and relationships could just feel so impossible sometimes I hope that you stick with it believe in yourself trust that it will get better and easier with time and go to therapy like that's the main takeaway for this entire podcast right um, so stick with it it will pay off in the end thank you for listening send me your so suggest- your comments, your questions, even your concerns, I will include my Instagram in the show notes below if you want to get in touch with me. I thank you so much for listening to Sex and Spirituality, and I hope you have a sexy day.